following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. The Nostalgia Funhouse proudly dedicates all episodes in the loving memory of Connie Chirac. So, Johnny, I've, I've been hearing really great things about this Nostalgia Funhouse. It just brings back so many great memories. Andrew, uh, another reason I'm maybe in line with you here is that you really vouched for this show. So, I'm just going to believe you that this is the show that you know I've been wanting, which is just talking about all the fun stuff from our yesteryear and the years before uh, and i really hate anything meta so i'm glad that what we're doing right now is not that oh no definitely what is meta is, isn't that ron artessa's new name <laughs> well add world of peace to it sure <laughs> yeah but this is this is great they like last year they were like tearing play sets and halloween costumes and well they, that sounds cool they get like this weird court recordings from like pop culture courts does anybody care about court cases these ones are kind of cool. They put Scott Kelvin on trial for Santa Claus there. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay, you're. That sounds interesting. Yeah, man. You know what's the best part about this is though? Because I hear they always got a really great sponsor. You can check it out right there. A detective has to be observant, cautious, and cool. When you play Clue, you have to figure out who did it. There are suspects, weapons, and scenes for a crime. Mr. Green did it in the study with a knife. Uh-uh, I got a clue card. I know, it was Miss Scarlet in the conservatory with a candlestick. Wow! Elementary, my dear Betsy. Clue from Parker Brothers. So, Johnny... Yes. I know because you're friends with Trevor. That's right, Andrew. I am. You like board games. I do. I do enjoy a good board game. But could you imagine if they took a board game and made it into a movie? Yeah, Jumanji. What's, I, well, that was a movie first before a yeah, board game. Yeah, I was going to ask. Yeah. But technically, it's based. It's a board game movie. Yeah. But an existing board game and make it into a movie. Oh. What, what, which one question. do you think would be the most exciting to remake? Maybe or read or not even remake to do. Maybe Monopoly. Hungry, hungry hippos. I kind of would like to see how they would do that. It'd just be like a horror film with hippos just destroying people left and right. Yeah. Mad scientist turns people into small white marbles, and then. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're multicolored marbles, aren't they? Or are they all white? They're all white. Man, I didn't know that. This has been forever since I played. I thought they were all different colors. I'm colorblind, Andrew. Oh, are you? No, not really, but oh. <laughs> I didn't. I do have poor eyesight. Does that count? Uh, yeah, I give it to you. Yeah, all right. I'm at that age now, too, where I got to like turn on the light. And... Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It's going great over here at the yeah. Johnny Mansion. Uh, speaking of mansions. Uh, you know, I've it's I'm trying to get a hint of what you're getting at here, some sort of idea. Maybe if you could help me figure out what we're talking about today, give me some kind of what's the word I'm looking for. Uh, Man. I think you should go right through the end of the thesaurus already. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I got all the uh, all the words that mean the same thing as uh, clue. <laughs> clue. Do we need to get a clue to watch clue? 
did Johnny finally watch Clue like he was supposed to? Yeah. So if you listen to uh, when you listen to the next episode or listen to uh, the Retroactive Sports Podcast, you'll finally be on the inside joke. That That's right. Because Johnny was like, "Hey, uh, I'm gonna spend 15 minutes talking to Andrew about mapping out movies, but I'm not gonna watch these things." <laughs> Johnny has moved into superstar status here. Oh man, no! It's that my brain is just soup. <laughs> That's the problem here. My memory is atrocious. Uh, I definitely remember us, uh, the funniest part of this is we were, we were planning to record two shows on one day so we can have next week off. Yes. That was the plan. And my brain didn't recognize that that was what was happening. <laughs> and I didn't remotely think to watch Clue yesterday when I definitely should have. It's a good thing so, you do watch Clue lists. That would have been funnier, right? <laughs> if we start talking about it, I would have been like, yeah, man, what a cast. They had that one girl and another girl. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, Clue had a lot of good people. Yeah. Like, how did you feel about the t- Tim Curry and his role? He wasn't in Clueless. Yeah, <laughs> Tim Curry's not in that movie. <laughs> I think they might have eaten Curry, but they've never. there was no Tim Curry. Yeah. But today we are talking about the 1985 cult classic, Clue. Every person in this room has the perfect motive. Stand back! For murder. What do you mean? Murder. But only one of these suspects is the murderer. Is it the timid Mr. Green? Why are you screaming? Because I'm frightened! What? Screaming! Or the militant Colonel Mustard? If I was the killer, I would kill you next. Huh? Except if, if. Mrs. White, who helped her husband on his way. Well, it's a matter of life after death. Now that he's dead, I have a life. Ah! Miss Scarlet, who's helped many men along the way. Practice makes perfect. Huh. Professor Plum, who's looking for a way. I'm looking, I'm looking. Mrs. Peacock. I have absolutely no idea what we're doing here, but I am determined to enjoy myself. Or did the butler do it? No. No. Paramount Pictures invites you to an evening of mystery. Let us in! Let us in! Let us out! Let us out! Murder. This is getting quite serious. And madness. Ah! In the movie that makes a scene of the crime. Clue. It's not just a game anymore. Now, Andrew, before we get into it, my, if you would have asked me what year this movie came out, I would have said like early 90s. I don't know why I didn't remember it being a mid-80s film, but it is an 85 movie. I think I didn't watch it until the 90s. I definitely didn't watch it until the 90s, that's for sure. I want to say, yeah, 90, yeah, because I was at uh, my friend John Cazera. Uh, shout out to him and his podcast, There's No Fixing the Butter. Uh, I was at his house. I think we just got done with a lovely round of Super Mario Brothers 3 using the game genie because we are a bunch of cheaters. Do you think a girl can gauge that? <laughs> Not to get off topic, that if you use the game genie and cheat codes as a kid, that you would cheat in real life? Well, <laughs> I got to say, not prepared for this question. This early in the morning, that's for sure. All right, so you're proposing that if a woman sees you, knows you cheated, 
at a video game, they're going to assume you're going to cheat on them in a relationship. Is that the question here? Yeah. I just want to make sure I'm framing this correctly. <laughs> it's early in the morning. We'll move on to it. <laughs> no, no, no. I like being I like being uh, question these things off the cuff to get my real thoughts in the moment. I mean, I I do think that sometimes people will show a little bit of their personality when they're playing video games, right? Like, yeah, uh, I'm usually it, it's it's honestly very difficult to get me actually very upset, right? It takes a lot to upset me unless like you've been very inappropriate to like a somebody I'm close to. I mean, that'll get me upset pretty quick. But if you're just like, you can talk all kinds of garbage to me and this is going to roll off my back for the most part. I'm not going to care. Uh, the, But like if I'm playing a video game and it's not going well, uh, that's when you'll know that, oh, Johnny does cuss. <laughs> you know, that's when the words come a flying. So, but I do think it's a big jump to say, hey, this guy put in a cheat code or whatever. So I better not get into this. This is the end of this. Like, could you imagine that conversation? But honey, I know we've been, we've had a really good relationship for the past year. But I just, I just saw you put Super Mario Brothers three into a game genie, and uh, it's over. It's just over. I can't do this. <laughs> I don't know. I'm pretty sure there's somebody out there. But... Uh, also, the side note to this is, you know, Twitter or X is being overrun by like uh, very sexy ladies. Um, right but there's a, a a common thing right now by the way i'm a single man it doesn't bother me i look at a lot of it uh but my favorite thing now is that i've got where i'll respond this to all of them is there'll be a picture of this obviously very attractive lady and she'll say in the comment uh, that she'll put it'll be me or a ps5 right that'll be the thing and i always comment well i probably can't afford either one <laughs> I'd still choose the PS5. At least you know what's going to be there in the end. Oh, that just made me so sad. <laughs> and I complete agreement. Yeah. <laughs> One loves me unconditionally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But so, speaking of cleavage, <laughs> uh, <geez>. Clue. <laughs> Clue. Clue is, uh, I was, so this is probably only like the third time I've third or fourth, maybe time I've seen this same. I really, I did watch it a couple times when they would re they reran the tar out of this movie on comedy central for a while. Cause I definitely remember seeing on there a number of times. Uh, I have a very strong memory because I saw this at the right time for a young Johnny to really enjoy the maid in this. movie. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. She's very, she's very attractive. Uh, really shows her goods. Yep. And I, when I was watching this, my first thought was, you know what? I get it, Arnold Schwarzenegger. I get it. <laughs> I was actually a little bit surprised that this m- movie didn't even earn their money back. Right? Yeah, that's wild, huh? That <clears throat> like it made it was like. It was like a million under what it needed to earn, right? I think something like that. Yes, yeah, just under a million, pretty much. But yeah, uh, let me ask you this though: before we really get into the movie, the game, the board game itself, Clue, 
what do you what do you feel about? It? I mean, you know, I'm a board gamer. What about you? I don't know if you're a board gamer or not. Uh, I really enjoyed it until I think Hasbro took over and completely just. Oh, you and Trevor get along so good. Destroyed, I think, what it was. If well, you really want to, if you want to, really, if you want a great impassioned speech from someone, talk to Trevor and just say Hasbro. I still want to do that thing because I feel and. <sighs> Some people are going to take this to heart because a couple of years back, I made a thing that said, stop remaking and rebooting movies. You, you're you ruining my childhood Yeah, as a joke. And people like really took it serious, serious. Like they're yeah. like, what kind of childhood? Oh man, I was outside playing. What? So, <laughs> so don't, but. I want to do it pretty much an episode where about where Disney and Hasbro just took, my beloved childhood properties the majority of them i feel yeah and just um i would say only fans them if you if you want to go that route like just completely took them uh just beat them to the ground just used them and just made it so i feel horrible in so many ways i mean that's kind of why i think a lot of us relate to that south park episode about indiana jones right yes yeah uh so i get what you're saying completely uh i do think though that out of the quote-unquote classic board games clue is still a pretty fun game itself i, I, I mean like- the 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 gist of it is very fun it's a whodunit mystery murder mystery that you got to figure out and it's and it's pretty fun from that aspect I like it, but when I we bought like a newer one because my kids wanted to play it. I obviously didn't have the older one, which I wish I did. I do have the Big Bang, Big Bang Theory one, but that's only because I bought it in a lot of like games. Like I was at a garage sale. Oh yeah, I yeah, had a bunch yeah. of board games. My kids are probably some of the only few kids that actually enjoy playing board games. Yeah, so Sheldon did it in the foyer with uh. With a laptop? <laughs> I don't even know what any of the things was. It was like in a lot. And the guy was like, how much would you? He was like, would you take all these? And I was like, yeah, I'll take all these. And he was like, for how much? And me being in sales for the little time that I was, first rule is you never shout out a number. You wait for them to shout out. Yeah. And he yeah. was like 20 bucks. So I got like 25 board games for like 20 bucks. That's less than a dollar a piece. I did that math myself. Yeah, there you go. I mean, some of them were missing. Some are missing pieces, but that was like for like sorry and stuff like that. But I got some like decent stuff. And Fortnite Monopoly is not that bad. Uh, <laughs> I just want to throw that out there. <laughs> but in the, in the clue that we have, if you buy it, I don't know if they fix this. They give you a card for a room that's not even on the board. And then there's a room on the board, obviously, that doesn't even have a card. I definitely do not remember that in the version that I played. Yeah, because you've played probably the great, whatever it was, Milton Bradley or Parker Brothers, when yeah. people when people cared about the products yes. they put on. Yes. Sorry, Hasbro, you're not the highest, especially when you crowdfund. And you're a multi-million, oh, close, probably billion-dollar company, and you're crowdfunding to make a toy. Yeah. Uh, just make it, take the loss, be a big boy. Or just don't make it if it's that yeah. big of a deal. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but, 
yeah i enjoy clue my aunt got me into it so it was like kind of a cool little party game type thing like we played yeah. um till my little nephew came along we used to play it after thanksgiving dinner and stuff until my nephew came along and then we had to play like cooties and don't spill the beans and stuff like that because the little two-year-old kid who couldn't comprehend clue what an asshole he is <laughs> what a dick you know <laughs> get a clue here <laughs> yeah. i love my little cousin though uh, <laughs> I still think he's like 12, even though he's like 25. <laughs> talk to my aunt. She's like, he's got a job. He's saving up for a house. I'm like, how does a 12 year old save up for a house? <laughs> well, man, yep. That's pretty much my experience with Clue. Uh, with this movie, uh, you mentioned like Comedy Central. I mentioned I watched at my friend John's house, and that's pretty much where I got a lot of cult stuff. Yeah. His family was very off the beaten path when it came to things, so it was kind of interesting to see what they did. Uh, one of their favorite pastimes was putting on CDs and then just watching TV and then seeing if it would match up with what the people were. Yeah, I've, yeah, that's a very fun thing. Like the very famous Wizard of Oz and uh, the Pink Floyd album, right? One of those yeah. Pink Floyd albums. So, yeah. Uh, uh, but Clue the movie, uh, it had been, gosh... 15 years easily since I've seen this, I think. Yeah, I'm probably in the same boat with you. So it's been a while. Uh, it, you can find it streaming right now. It's on Paramount Plus or Showtime uh, or Showtime's app, whichever one of those you have. Uh, it's on there. Uh, uh, it comes in at the perfect time of an hour and a half. And uh, the first thing you need to know about this film is that this thing has an incredible cast. Yes. Like it has like almost a, a who's who of character actors that are incredible, right? Um, I mean, you got a, we've already mentioned Tim Curry, right? Uh, Tim Curry's in this. You got um, Michael McKean is in this. Martin Mull, who I love, who is in, who who needs more love than what he gets. Martin yes. Mull, incredible actor, and good God, Christopher Lloyd's in this. And this is right about the time that he's also doing a little trilogy film. Uh, called Back to the Future. No, he wouldn't do something that crazy. <laughs> uh, and I mean, you got Madeline Kahn's in this. You got there's all kinds of incredible talent here. And uh, Andrew, I hate to tell you, I'm going to go ahead and rip the bandaid bandaid off here. Uh, I know what you wanted to tell me. That uh, really fun uh, fact because I accidentally saw it on a youtube video because uh, i did get very excited when i saw it but i'll still let you say it all right it's a casting what if right so well there's two casting what ifs there's okay. your uh there's the one where i guess they wanted somebody else leonard roaster but he died before he could commit to the film yeah and then they were going to get rowan atkins to play wadsworth who was tim curry's character but yeah the- mr bean himself but they, decided, but they said, but they said they didn't think he was known enough. Yes. The other one was Carrie Fisher was originally supposed to portray Miss Scarlet, but withdrew. Oh wow! But withdrew to enter uh, drug and alcohol treatment. Oh wow! Yeah, she would have been good. Yeah, I, I don't know what else she was in, but I know she's Debbie Reynolds' daughter. 
The other thing that I did see, you know, speaking of you talking about our childhoods being ruined by stuff, there has been. Uh, we are just joking, people. Disclaimer. Right, yeah. Yes. Yes. Sorry. Uh, there has been a apparently an idea going around of another of redoing this movie. And but I did the cast that I saw that was apparently in talks to do it. I did like, like it's Ryan Reynolds who I think would be really good. It's uh, uh, Jason Bateman who I think would be really good. And, you know, uh, but I was trying to think like if they redid this down something we could do at the end of this episode. Like who would we want to cast in it? Because my first thought was I want really crazy good character actors. Yes, like I'm thinking Paul Giamatti. Like right, you know that. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, but let's kind of get into the plot. It's kind of like the board game. Oh, great. It does tell you when it's set because that was my whole thing. So it pretty much is set in a New England mansion in 1954. Uh, six- 90, 98 to 99% of this movie takes place in the mansion. Yes. Which is interesting because normally I hate stuff like that. But yeah. this one made it work probably because I don't think you can go outside of the mansion. Agreed. For a lot of things. Agreed. Uh, so six people are getting blackmailed. If you've played the game, you know it's Mrs. Peacock. Oh, they also changed the characters in the new hands, bro. Fun. Uh, I don't know what they are, but they changed them all. Uh, Mrs. Well, not all of them, but you got Mrs. Peacock, Mrs. White, Professor Plum, Mr. Green, Colonel Mustard, and Miss Scarlet, and they all have their own little thing. Miss Mrs. Peacock is a wife of U.S. Senator, and they're all being blackmailed, who has been accepting bribes from foreign power mrs white is a widow of a nuclear physicist and four other previous men all died under suspicious circumstances yes christopher lloyd professor plum is a disgraced former psychologist working uh for the world health organization mr green is a state department this is this is crazy. This is how you can tell it's like 1985 or set in the 50s. He works for this. He's a State Department employee who is a closeted homosexual. Ooh, that wouldn't work today. <laughs> or is he, though? That's the other thing about this movie. This movie also does something very awesome at the end where it kind of has three possible endings. I love it how they do it too, the silent yeah. style, but we'll get into that. Uh, Colonel Mustard is an army officer guilty of war profiteering, and Miss Scarlet is a Washington, D.C. madam. And then, but she's very upfront about it. <laughs> yes. And then you, so they all get invited to dinner. They don't really know why they're there. Uh, guy named Mr. Body comes in because they're all using like alias. It's Reservoir yeah. Dog style. If you've ever seen Reservoir Dog. Uh, so they don't know each other's real names. So they're all there because they're getting blackmailed. Uh, Mr. Body gives them each a present. And it's, can you guess what those presents are, Johnny? I was very excited. I'll be honest with you. I was like, oh, that's from the game. There's a wrench. <laughs> ah. There's a candlestick. Were you doing There's the a gun. Yeah. <laughs> doing the Peter Griffin when he was watching Philadelphia with yeah. the axe. They said the name. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, ah, he's from Big. <laughs> uh, candlestick, rope, lead pipe, wrench, revolver, and dagger. And then all of a sudden, 
they turn off the lights, they find a dead body. And this is where it kind of the hilariousness ensues on everything. Yes. It's basically set up where everybody involved has a motive to be the killer. Yes. And you got to try to figure out who the actual killer is as it's going along. Which I there's thought, multiple deaths to this. Which I thought was nicely done considering the game. Like we're both video game guys and we watch a lot of probably like we're like oh that's my favorite video game i'm gonna watch this movie and then you're like this sucks yeah uh, yes halo i'm looking at you yes uh that's that's the thing though i will say that even the the set design really did make me feel like it was taken from the board game yes uh but that's pretty much how it goes is they're trying to figure out <laughs> things there's a motorist that comes by uh, he's on the phone and he reveals that a lot of weird stuff is going on. Cause obviously they're trying to hide a dead body and while they're trying to figure out this murder. And then all of a sudden he says, but my former boss is here and then he dies. Something weird happens there. Uh, the cop comes by, which I have to say is one of my favorite parts because they, cause the, Oh, the cook dies as well. Yeah, the cook gets, trying, the, yeah, the cook's the second one to die. Yep. Yeah. And then the motorist. And then they're trying to hide the fact that these people are dead. Yes. <laughs> and you have So they sort of like uh we can uh, we can at Bernie's it, right? <laughs> you got Professor Plum pretending like he's making out with the cook while Mrs. Peacock is moving the arms. Yeah. They put a bottle next to the motorist. And the guy's like, he's dead drunk. They're like, ah, oh, don't worry, we'll make sure he doesn't try. Yeah. <laughs> but then the cop ends up dying as well. So it's a lot of that stuff. Yeah, you're leaving out the the, so, the most random one. Which one? Oh, the singing telegram? Yes. <laughs> oh, they just she just like, That was probably my that was my biggest laughed out loud moment. Uh oh. She she rings the doorbell and he goes, This is a signal telegram. Boom, she shot right away. <laughs> Which is revealed the motorist was Colonel Mustard's driver, and the singing Professor Plum was having an affair with the singing telegram girl. So it's kind of weird there. Yeah. Uh so pretty much that's what it is until you get to the end. There is a phone call from J. Edgar Hoover at the mansion and the FBI. And then uh, should we go through the three different endings? Because it's pretty much just trying to figure out they break apart and that's when the murders happen. Yes, it it, it they they do a really fun thing of uh, when they get into the end, they go uh, they, they play through the first inning, then they go or it could have happened like this. Yeah. And then they go through the second ending, and then they say, "Oh, but I bet it really happened like this." And then they go through the third ending, and they're all just variations of the ending, like of different characters. Like one of them, everybody basically did it. In one yeah. of them, everybody's guilty. Uh, in another one, uh, Tim Curry's character was actually undercover the whole time, right? And uh, and he had called, and then he was like part of the police, right? Yeah. Uh no 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 not Tim Curry um Mr Green because it was Mr Green yeah 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 
Yeah, because the three onions are any day, how it could have happened, a vet murdered the cook and Mr. Body under orders from Scarlet, who then killed her and the other victims, intending to sell the guests secrets. Scarlet prepares to use the revolver to kill Wadsworth, who argues that there are no bullets. This was great. I forgot. <laughs> he wasn't an undercover cop because he came out and said he was a cop there. Oh, okay. Uh that there are no bullets left before disarming her just as law enforcement raids the manor. Wadsworth reveals that he's an undercover FBI agent yeah, there we go. accidentally firing the last bullet in the revolver at the chandelier, which narrowly misses mustard, which has happened twice at this point. Yeah. Ending B. How about this? I like how they put that. How about this, Johnny? Peacock killed all the victims to prevent her exposure from taking bribes from foreign powers. Peacock holds the others at gunpoint to make a getaway to the others. Confused relief. Wadworth reveals that he is an FBI agent. Peacock is arrested outside before law enforcement can raid the manor. But here's what really happened. (laughs) And I love how they do silent movie style. Yeah. Each character apart from Green committed one murder. Wadsworth reveals that he is the real Mr. Body and announces his intent to continue blackmailing the guests. Green draws his own revolver, kills Wadsworth as law enforcement raid the manor. Green reveals being an FBI agent sent to investigate. Yeah, I told you I didn't do it. <laughs> uh, also, this is during these endings, it's one of my favorite things I've ever heard in a movie. Oh, crap, as I drop my phone, if you can hear that, uh, is when Tim Curry's talking to Colonel Mustard and he's talking to him and he's like, Hey, I know what's going on. You know, I, people have told me and he was like, who told you? And he was like, can you, and Tim Curry's like, yes. Keep it secret. Yeah. And Colonel Mustard's like, yes. And he's like, so can I, <laughs> and I'm like, this is, that is the greatest thing to say to somebody. There's, there's a lot of little quick uh, quips in this that are pretty great like that. Uh, you know, a lot of little running gags that they do. I I do think that because if you want to classify this movie, it's a dark comedy. I guess would be the way to put it. Yeah, uh, a dark a dark murder mystery comedy. <laughs> I, uh, my I think my main issue with it, and overall, I, I still like this movie quite a lot. But my main issue with it is that I think that it couldn't quite decide which lane it really wanted to, to really push for. Because at times it is a really dumb comedy with some very, which is right up my alley, which is the parts I probably enjoyed the most. Yeah. But then in other times it's, it's just, it's, it's really working on the darkness of it. Right. Uh, I, I kind of wish they'd really push for more of the, of the jokes because you had told me, that um, there's a lot of like airplane type humor in this. And there are times where it's like that, like the, uh, you know, surely you can't be serious. I am serious. Don't call me Shirley. There's a lot of wordplay jokes here that is sort of similar to that. Uh, like w- my favorite one that was a running gag was when like one part, one character will be given a long, uh, a really long monologue. And then they'd say that, well, to make a long story short and somebody would say too late. Right. That happened a lot. I did enjoy that stuff like that. I just wish there was more of that. But again, I still like this movie. 
I liked the um, the dog poop in the beginning. Like that's <laughs> yes. one of those things. Where you, sniffing something. Yeah. You very think it's very uh, it's gonna be dark, kind of like what you're saying, and then all of a sudden he steps in dog poop, and then everybody keeps on like sniffing, like oh, what is that? Yeah. The beginning. Um, the one where, oh, what was it? The car stopped because it was scared. <laughs> yeah. Is there so any more of that? <laughs> yeah. Or the, the Tim Curry, the best is when he's first explaining everything when they're running through. And he was like, I was in the hallway. I know because I was there. That is <laughs> yes. That yeah. is the stuff that I I really enjoyed. But I, Same. I, I agree that sometimes it wanted to be it, it seemed like they wanted to be a serious m- murder mystery, but I think it would, it worked better as like just the dark comedy because it, yeah. it's a, it's a board game essentially. Yes. Yes. It's a fun. And this movie game. is way better than it had any right to be, to be based on a board game. I would say so because there's really not any board game movies. Like I looked it up and there's like uh, a Ouija. Ouija? Oh it. yeah, yeah. I but think there's some that have been like in development hell for a while, but uh, who knows what's going to happen with those? I mean, what what are you going to really make a movie? There's out? Battleship. I never saw oh, it. Oh yeah, there's Battleship. Battleship. But even that, I think this is the best way that you can do it. Yeah, is with yeah. This felt like it was like if I was a hardcore uh, fan of the game Clue. I do think that I would be all right with this movie because it seems to keep the essence of the board game pretty much intact for me. Like, I mean, even like I said, right down to the set design of the, of the house. Yeah. But I, I really, really enjoyed it just because of those little quick quips. And then everybody's so, I feel like if you watch most comedies, I know this is a dark one, but even if you watch most comedies, you might see people kind of snicker or you know that it's supposed to be that funny moment. Yeah, but everybody hears deadpan. Yeah, Yeah, it's very deadpan. Like it is 100% serious. Well, they, the, one of the things that they had the cast do before filming this is watch some of the older films because they wanted them to have the quicker, drier delivery. Uh, Like, I think anybody knows this. If you go and watch an old, older movie, they definitely talk much different there, you know, yeah. kind of like really sort of cadence to how they speak and it's quicker. And they wanted them to sort of get that across here in clue. Yeah. I also heard the lovely uh, gone with the wind reference there. <laughs> yes. I was talking to Wadsworth and he's like, frankly, Scarlett, I don't give a damn. <laughs> I didn't enjoy that. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it kept it fun. I think that's just how it is. I just was reading here that they, when they released this, they released um, to certain theaters, but you didn't know which ending you got to the movie. Right. So the film yes. Was released theatrically December 13, 1985. Each theater received one of three endings, and yep. some theaters announced which ending the viewer would see. So, which is very innovative, I think. Uh, I really think that's pretty interesting. Not a re- they did, it wasn't until like a later DVD release where they actually just put all the endings on onto the movie. Yeah, I was going to say, because I could have swore I saw all of them. Because that was the one intriguing thing about this movie was 
all the different endings. Yeah. Like, cause most time you're like, Oh, that ending sucked in a movie. You could have did it this way. And this really makes it funny in the way that they title it too, with how, how it could have happened. How about this? Here's what really happened. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so you get all your, you get all your endings. And if you like the movie, that would give you a reason to, to want to watch it again somewhere else. Maybe you get a different ending. Yeah. Which I think is what they were going for, but sadly it didn't work out for them just now. But when it was theatrically released. That makes me sad. Yeah, because it's such a cool idea that works with this this the, the, what the movie is. It really works for it. Yeah, I I definitely 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 enjoyed it. It's it's great if you love dark comedies, murder mystery type stuff that doesn't take itself seriously. Right. But you wanted to go over who would we do if there was a remake? Yeah, who would you if we got to do it now? Who would you cast now? I think Paul Giamatti would be a a big one for me. Would he be Wadsworth? Oh, I think so. I think he'd be a great Wadsworth. Or do you go with what you should have did before and Roland Atkins? See, I want him in it too. So, (laughs) yeah, because I think because he's just so straight laced. And Tim Curry gets lost in the shuffle of great actors. Can I just shout that? I mean, I, I was talking about uh, Mole here. Mole and Curry, both yeah. of them. Even that Michael McKean. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I loved him in... Um, I mean, he was still going. He was like in Better Call Saul. He was on SNL. He's got great range. Yeah, he does. Played the in good old Coneheads. Oh, my goodness. Bearheads, too. <laughs> but oh he was the same oh, in plane trains and automobiles i forgot about that i'm trying to remember what you know this was also during the era of if a movie was coming out it'd also get like a novelization of the film oh uh the novelization for clue i'm trying to remember who the writer or something about who wrote it he went on to do something else pretty cool so look it up for me because i can't remember exactly what it what it was but uh this movie actually had two novelizations one of them is the one i'm talking about and the other one was like a one meant geared toward a younger audience and apparently the one geared toward a younger audience is very hard to find and worth a lot of money uh, it must be this clue storybook one storybook by john landis is that the one i'm thinking of it's 179 dollars on etsy It's uh it's like yeah, it's well of course you don't show the inside of it. Why would you want to do that? Huh. So there where is it? Clue paperback? Get a clue. Yeah, it's a it's a paperback. This looks like a Michael McDowell is the guy I'm thinking of. Trying to remember what else he did. He did some some pretty cool stuff. This must be it because this one's like a graphic novel. This Clue Mass Market Paperback, November 12th, 1985. Oh, the Michael. Okay, see, I see the Michael McDowell one. 
Oh, that's Michael McDonald. I was going to say, isn't that guy a singer? Michael McDonald. I'm trying to remember. Storybook is like, jeez. They had a clue series of books. Like Goosebumps. Oh, that's what it was. Okay. He also wrote, after he did that, he wrote a couple of films. One of them called The Nightmare Before Christmas, and another one called Beetlejuice. Oh. Which would explain a lot. Yeah. Because it has the, and that book apparently, uh, uh, people, the fans of the film really like because it keeps the essence of the, of the, film pretty well so he wrote this like black graphic novel one i'm looking at yeah because that thing's like two hundred dollars did you know there was a clue book series i did not like it looks like in the essence of like a goosebumps what is it boxcar children Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Babysitters yeah, clubs type stuff. Yeah, I didn't read that. Uh, uh, but yeah, who would who would we who would we cast? Well, I'll do you one better. Who would you be? Oh, who would I be? Yeah, Wadsworth, man. That's the star of the show. Oh yeah, yeah. He Curry carries this film pretty well, which is amazing considering the the cast that's here. I mean, he puts Christopher Lloyd to shame in this, and Christopher Lloyd's amazing at pretty much whatever he does. Yeah, yeah. I think I think Wadsworth would be the character you would want to be for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, Wadsworth. If I had to leave Wadsworth out of it, I really like Mister Green. Yes, because. You could kind of tell going back and looking at it and then looking at the endings and you kind of like hinted to it. He seemed kind of out of place. Like I'm here for this, but that's it. Yeah. Like he's not profiteering, not killing people, not selling Godfather's employees in that manner. (laughs) Yes. Uh, He's not. He's not disgraced. He's right. Yeah. He's just gay, and it's like looking in this standards. I mean, looking back then, it's like, oh, what's wrong with you? Now it's like, cool, dude. So is that guy? That yeah. Guy? Who cares? Yeah. It's like in the first thing of Ted, when it's like, <laughs> when he's like, when um, when the bully, and he was like, he was like. It's the nineties, man. It's it's like okay to be gay. He was like, those yeah. guys, he's like, aren't you guys gay? How is it is? The guy was like, it's the tits, man. He's like, see, everybody like. Well, that's yeah. that's how I feel about that one. Yeah. Would you like to be the singing telegram? <laughs> uh, that's a quick paycheck. I was gonna say, what did they get paid? Yeah, I don't know. Yes. Nineteen eighty-five to literally say, what a line. Well, sing a line. Sing a line. Yeah. I think that's where you would get me. I think I would lose the part at the singing. Uh, but uh, who you're on board with Wadsworth as well? 
I think so. Yeah, that's the one I think would be the most fun to portray. I think if I was going to redo this, I think I'd have Roland Atkins. I would go Roland Atkins, just put him in there. Yeah. As Wadsworth. Because you need that. And not because he's British. Um, and he's going to be playing a butler. Paul Giamani, I would say plumber Mr. Green. Yes. Um, I think you need a... I don't think I would want Ryan Reynolds because he's... I feel like he smirks when he tells a joke. I do like him, but I, but I, but I agree. You, you do know that like he's very proud of himself. He's like me, very proud of ourselves when we get a joke off. Uh, I, and I am considered a, a pretty big joke off. Um, I also would want to introduce to you Pat Oswald for the Green. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of like he's comedians who are also pretty good character actors because I think it'd be a good lane to be in this film. Yeah, I would say he's in the same. Him and Paul Giamatti, I would say, are interchangeable. Yeah. Who would be a good Colonel Mustard? Like who has a military presence but is still so funny? Yeah. Like I, I was thinking John C. Riley. But oh, I like. I think Riley's got to be in this movie. I don't care what he plays. I love, would love to see John C. John C. Riley. I, as much as most people are like, oh, well, Will Ferrell. No, because I feel Will Ferrell smirks. He could be pretty deadpan, but he. I also he, think he, he might be too thing. big. Uh, if you know I, what I mean. I would love to see John C. Riley. Uh, man, I don't know. Who give her actresses? Who, uh, if you listen to this, who would you like to yeah. redo it? Who would you want to cast in this? I, I don't know why, but the only one. Oh, Maya Randolph. There's a great. Yes. One. Oh, yes, she'd be great in this. Oh, she's. I think she's amazing. You could go probably Tina Fey. Uh, who's the? I'm blanking on her name, but she's the lead lady in Parks and Rec. Oh, uh, I was just looking at Amy Poehler. Amy Poehler, yes, I would. I think she'd be great in this. Uh, oh, what's her? I'm gonna screw up her name. Uh, what's Rebel Wilson? I think she would be good. Yes. Some uh, Leslie Jones, even though she gets a, some bad shit about that Ghostbusters movie, I thought she actually was not too bad. I could also take anybody from the cast of Arrested Development and put them in this. Yeah, I think Bateman would be good. You know, I think Michael Sarah. Can we get? Can we get a? I would love it. I'm a big Sarah fan, so I would be all aboard for that. Um, Will Arnett would be great in this. Tony Hale would be great in this. Tiffany Haddish. Oh, you know who would be perfect for like a madam? Is Jennifer Coolidge, Stifler's mom. I don't know. Oh yes, yeah. I just picture her in that Miss Scarlet role. Yeah, well, she's got it going on. Uh, what? Oh, uh, Aubrey Plaza. Yes. Yep. Uh, oh, she would be perfect in this. Chelsea yeah. Panetti. There's a lot of good actresses that would just kill it. Yeah, I think you could really have fun with this. I'd even go Wanda Sykes. You could go in there. 
because she would just be like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a. I feel there's a lot more female actresses that would be good in this. Melissa McCarthy, I don't think would be no, because she smirks. I feel she's a smirky actor. The other the other thing too is there's your professor, there's your Colonel Mustard, uh, Nick Offerman. Oh, nailed it. Nailed it. Perfect Colonel Mustard. Nailed it. Yes, nailed it. He's not Colonel Mustard in the remake. I and they remake this. I don't want to watch it. Nailed it. Yeah, I'm all aboard for that. hundred percent. Paul Giamani, Roland Atkinson, uh, and Patton Oswald. Those are the males right there. Females, I think there's so many like looking at like the little list that I went through. There are so many great female comedy actresses that don't really do that smirk thing that I know I know what you mean because the thing that makes this movie work is that despite the fact that you have all these incredible actors none of them besides maybe Tim Curry but he's not too over the top with it uh like their personalities don't aren't too big yeah you know what I mean like that's and there's nothing against that I have a fairly big personality I think it's way more about um, the dead. The reason that the movies that we love, like Airplane, work is that people are able to deadpan it, yes. and it makes sense that they're deadpanning it. And when you have a character like, I think Airplane's a great example for this. You know, the Johnny character, uh, he's really over the top, but he's juxtaposed against other characters who are not, yeah. who are very deadpan. So that's how you got to do it. So if you're going to have a big personality in the next clue, then he's got to, they have to be surrounded by people who are very deadpan. Yeah. You can't do the smirky stuff. Right. Uh, can't do the smirky smirk. Yeah. All right. I think I it's, uh, are, we, are we ready to? I don't even know where I came up with the smirk thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know what you mean. I'm glad that we are friends and you know what I mean. Because if I, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. I would have had to explain that to a lot of. No, it's a thing of when you say a joke and you can tell that person's proud of that joke they just said. Yeah, and that's the reason I know that's because that's who I am as a person. <laughs> so. Like you can't uh, just watch an Adam Sandler movie. Yes, yes. I uh, I love what, 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 Oh, I love Hubie Halloween. <laughs> that is one of probably his best movies that are fly that flies underneath the radar. Yeah, I highly recommend it. Every Halloween, it's very funny. Uh, but he get, he gets smirky with the character. Yes, yeah. He I mean, that's like kind a, of his. It's kind of his his shtick. Yeah, uh, but. Uh, all right, how are we rating this film? Oh, uh, do we want to rate it by uh candlesticks, rope? I was, I was first thing I thought was candlesticks, okay? Then candlesticks, let's candlestick this. All right, so looking at it, I gotta look at it from I want to look at it as more of a cult classic than because I normally will put things up against each other, so this is more of a cult classic rating. I probably will give it four. If I had to put it up against other movies, like the great movies, it's like a three. But just based on cult classicness, so uh, so overall, based on those two, I'd give it like a three. I give it like a three and a half, just overall on those two. Yeah. That's the exact score I was going to give it a 3.5. It's really good, 
but I do think it's a movie that you you know, there's some films that I can watch every year, every other year, something like that. I don't know if this fits in there for me, but I'm not mad if it if it comes on television. I'll probably watch it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's one of those type of films for me. Uh I do think it still holds up pretty well overall. Um you know, again, I would have thought this movie came out in the nineties if I didn't know it came out in eighty five. I think it holds up pretty decently. The cast is incredible. Uh, I, I, it's a, it's just a fun movie. So I, I, I do enjoy it. I think a three point five is, is pretty fair. Uh, I, I do like it. You know, it's it's a fun movie. If you have never seen it, uh, give it a chance. It may not be everybody's cup of tea, though. I will say that. Because it's very eccentric in its own way. See what Rotten Tomatoes gave it. I guess like a seventy something, right? On Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, yeah, seventy one, and then eighty six for an audience score. But the, I think the audience score is more based on cult classicness. Yeah. Agreed. Oh. Agreed. But. That is it. So make sure you check us out on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, all that stuff. Uh, the BICBP Radio Network uh, podcast for everyone. Check us out there or wherever you get your podcast. And Johnny, you got anything? Yeah. I just really love maids. Johnny loves maids. You heard it here first. I just want to make sure that statement's out there. <laughs> With that being said, <laughs> what maybe nostalgia, what may not be nostalgia for you, may be nostalgia for some.